We're back. It's the Sagabit Swinger Report Show. Get ready for Sega news and commentary with George and Barry. Hello and welcome to episode 73 of the Sagabit Swinging Report Show. I'm Barry, with me is George. Hello. And joining us, we have Matt Kramer, lead designer at Senzaro Games, developer of Sonic Boom Shattered Crystal. Hello, Matt. Hey, what's up, guys? Great to be here. Thanks for joining us to chat, especially so soon after the release of the game. I'm sure you... Are, are you busy? I always ask people. Like, you sh- I'm sure you must be busy, but you completed the game, so... Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because uh, we, we finished the game quite a long time ago. Um, so, you know, we've, we've been done with it for a couple months. Um, so it's, you know, I, I just played through it again, um, you know, a couple weeks ago with the retail copy. And it, it was almost like a new game to me because it's been such a while since we, you know, we made the game. Interesting. So, so you, you have quite a gap. So, um, I mean, is the office pretty uh, quiet now or do you have other projects going on? Yeah, we have, we have a couple projects going on right now. Okay, cool. cool. Which I cannot tell you about. I'd understand that. <laughs> I, well, knew that so, I knew that was going to be the follow-up question. Of course. Well, you know, I had to ask. <laughs> you can tell me off air. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so I, I guess we can we can roll right into the – actually, before we roll into the questions, I just want to ask um, – Yeah. you mentioned you were a Sega fan before we uh, went uh, started recording – um, what yeah. kind of uh, games and consoles did you grow up with? Oh, man. I mean, uh, you know, I grew up a big uh, 8-bit NES player. Uh, you know, we had the – I think I had a NES, and my brother had a Master System in the house. So, um, you know, we were both really big Nintendo and Sega fans, um, you know, particularly on on the Master System, you know, some favorites are like, you know, Psycho Fox and uh, Zillion, man. Oh, we yeah. Played, oh, man, we played so much Zillion and Zillion 2. Um, you know, just all those all those classic, you know, Sega games, uh, you know, Altered Beast. We grew up with a Genesis. I remember I bought a, a Mega Drive. We had a Mega Drive before we had a Genesis. And, um, you know, we shaved the sides of the, the, you know, Mega Drive so you could fit the Genesis cartridges into it, and you know we were all into importing and really playing everything. Oh, cool! It's interesting you mentioned Zillion too, because I know a lot of people are talking about the the 3DS game kind of having a, a Metroid vibe. But that's yeah. interesting you mentioned Zillion because that's a that's kind of similar to you know the the labyrinth kind of layout you have going for Shattered Crystal. Yeah, you know, we wanted to do something different, uh, you know, just a different take on the on the level layout and, um, you know, give uh, Sonic fans something that, you know, they hadn't played before and, and just a different experience. Cool. So, um, I guess prior to your work at Sanzaro Games, uh, what game has been your most memorable to, memorable to work on? Oh, boy. Um, that's a tough one. Uh, I worked on the uh, Turok the Dinosaur Hunter games, uh, you know, back on the N64. I really enjoyed working on those. Uh, that was that was a lot of fun. Um, but probably my favorite has really been Sly Cooper. You know, we had a, 
uh, great time making that game. You know, great characters. Um, you know, fantastic working with Sony and, and the Sucker Punch guys. So, you know, I'd, I'd probably say Sly Cooper is my favorite. Nice. And um, I'm wondering too. You know, you mentioned a little bit about your uh, early history with games. Did any of the early Sonic titles affect your work in the industry? And do you have any specific favorite Sonic games? Oh, let's see. Probably. I mean, you know, we, my brother and I, at Sonic One back in the day, we played, we played that so much. And then, um, I'd say favorite, maybe Sonic Three. You know, I, I love the Knuckles stuff, and I really like the um, special stages for that. You know, where you're running on that that three D ball. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, especially at that time in our industry, you know, even like the, the old school tubes from Sonic 2, you know, those were pretty revolutionary for their time. Uh, you know, just to see anything 3D like that gameplay wise, uh, you know, on the Genesis Mega Drive was was pretty spectacular. And, um, you know, those bonus stages, both of them from Sonic 2 and, and Sonic 3 really uh, resonated with me very well you know moving forward cool yeah I, I remember seeing those and i thought there were i mean i didn't know what polygons were at the time but i felt like there it must have been 3d graphics i don't know what else it would have been but uh, used a lot yeah. of math probably to set those up oh my gosh yeah i mean have, have you ever looked into the development of those it's just insane i can't even wrap my head around it you know, ironically enough, I, I worked on another game over at Sony called Rise to Honor. It was like this gently Hong Kong action game. Um, and when I was over there, I worked with a programmer called Bill Willis. Uh, he's been around for years. Uh, he worked with Mark Cerny over at Sega. And uh, Bill and, and Mark were the uh, engineers, I believe, that worked on some of the special stages for Sonic 2, those forward-scrolling stages. And you know, when we worked together, I told him I was a big fan of it. You know, you just laughed, and I guess laughing meant it was a lot of work. You're like, dang. <laughs> nice. I was going to ask you, Matt, um, how has your uh, past work influenced uh, uh, how you took on Sonic Boom, the, the 3DS game? Yeah, I'd say probably uh, the most influential is, you know, again, back to Sly Cooper, because, uh, you know, we had a game where we had multiple characters with uh, – with different abilities, different roles, uh, and you had to switch between those characters to, you know, figure out a puzzle or, uh, you know, take off a heist or whatnot. Um, so probably that game really, really helped out a lot, you know, balancing out the characters. Cool. Um, we know that Sonic Boom's going to be like it's huge. There's toys, there's TV show, there's comic books, and then your you know the video game. Uh, where would you say that the video game falls in the timeline? And you think the TV show has hev- heavily influenced your guys' like characters, or was it vice versa? Did you guys influence the the TV show? How was the how was that process? Yeah, I, to answer the first question, I I'd say the games are more of a prequel to the to the animated series, if anything. Um, and in terms of the, the art style and, you know, matching as close with the, the animated series, a lot of the uh, looks of the, the characters and the worlds and, you know, the rules to follow uh, for building out, you know, the, the Sonic Boom world and Shattered Crystals uh, was already set by the animated series. Uh, so the animated series is really the, 
footholds for the, the the look of everything that we went for. Okay. Oh, Matt, um, I was going to ask, like, every time we talk to anybody that works on Sonic or anything process of Sonic, they usually say they have to get approval from, like, Sonic uh, Sonic team or something. Uh, how did that go? Do you guys have to get approval from the animated team, or was there someone at Sega that would keep the checks and balances for you guys? Yeah, I mean, our you know our producer uh, Omar is is kind of that middleman between Sega Sega Japan and and the work that we do. Um, but everything needs to be approved. Um, you know, the biggest thing is you know they're going to look at the character models. Um, they're going to look at all the animations, you know, how the characters move, how the characters feel, um, you know, oh, Sonic wouldn't do that. You know, his arm would move differently. So, uh, all of that stuff is under great scrutiny, you know, between, uh, Sega North America, Sanzaro and, and Japan. And, um, you know, all three of us go back and forth and, and come up with what, what works the best. Cool. And uh, two, with with um, in regards to a timeline, uh, also with with the development timeline, did um, yep. did did it? So you use you said the the TV show is kind of the foothold for it. So it was like TV games. Um, did did uh, I mean? Of course, whenever they it seems like Sega has a, a Wii U game, they always look to making a 3DS game. So mm-hmm. I, I'm I mean I'm assuming the 3DS game came shortly thereafter the Wii U one, correct? Um. They, yeah, I'd say I think the Wii U was in development, um, you know, long before the, the 3DS one. And, um, you know, I just think they needed to find the right developer to, to you know, work on the 3DS one within the time frame and, you know, the budget that we had. And, um, you know, it was just a good fit for us. We had a, a slot open and, you know, that was that. Cool. Um, you mentioned too the uh, the the redesigns um, going mm-hmm. on with the cartoon. Um, you know, some characters have undergone some drastic redesigns with with clothing, sports tape, but then others like um, Shadow, Metal, and the uh, henchman Orbot and Cubot, who I do not believe appear in the games. I haven't seen them yet, um, but they've undergone less of a change. Is there any reason why some characters are re- relatively untouched? Uh, you, you know I. I don't necessarily have the answer for that, um, but I know the the main characters, um, you know, really went under uh, a lot of changes, you know, for the animated series and the games. Um, but I I don't know why the other characters hadn't had such a, a drastic change. Um, but uh, I don't know. Hmm. Okay. Um... Oh, this this one. I mean, I, oh, what was that? I was going to say, but a lot of the um, you know visual aesthetics and whatnot for those characters were established way before we had uh, started working on the game. We were given kind of a bible of you know this is what Sonic looks like and this is what uh, Tails looks like. This is what Sticks is going to look like and everything. And um, you know that's that's really what we followed moving forward. We didn't Samzaro didn't necessarily have uh, you know, much say in, in what the characters look like at that point. It was just like, here's what we've agreed upon, and, and we'd like to have it consistent across the board. Uh, Matt, right. I, actually, I actually had a question about that. So you guys got, like, a you know, general layout of what the characters are like. Did, they, did the general, like, layout just come out with, like, what the character's going to look like, or did it have, like, their personality? Did you guys watch any Sonic Boom episode or read the comics? Yeah. 
Yeah, we uh, the the comic. Yeah, we saw a couple. We had a couple comics. Uh, a lot of the animated series, you know, even in, in storyboard format, you know, because we we were working on the game so early, um, you know, we would we would get episodes of the the cartoon, and you know, we got to see all that stuff. A lot of concept art, and um, you know, really just tried to match the the 3DS game, you know, as closely as possible. Um, but one thing that's difficult is, you know, the 3DS, it's, you know, the characters are much smaller. You know, there's there's not as much fidelity as like a high-end rendered animated, uh, you, you know, cartoon. So there's you know, some things that, you know, we have to change here and there just to get the characters to to represent properly on the hardware. Huh. Uh, I had a question, too. It was, um, I mean, it's more in line with the Wii U game, but um, Sonic... <laughs> The, the game, I mean, a lot of Sonic games, they either just have the core friends and the little animal critters, or they have uh, the core friends and these, you know, humans for yep. no real reason hanging about. Um, but what I found interesting about Sonic Boom, and the, mainly the TV show and the Wii U game, just because uh, I know the 3DS doesn't have as many NPCs, but was mm-hmm. that there were a lot of animal NPCs. Um, do you have any idea why such a decision came about to drop the human universe and to create more... Uh, animal characters that weren't just little tiny, like, I guess, babies that pop out of robots? Yeah, yeah I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, maybe it's because, you know, they wanted a cohesive world, you know, across the Sonic characters, and, you know, having the humans there maybe uh, made it feel a little di- disconnected. But, um, you know, we don't have many NPCs in the in the 3DS version. You know, we have, um, uh, you know, handful of characters but not as many as as the Wii or the animated series um but one thing I I will tell you you know again I'm a big classic Sega fan and you know I'm always trying to cram in all these secrets and little little goodies I really wanted to get some flicky stuff in there um you know some kind of flicky reference or some collectibles or something but you know again that that legacy Sega stuff you know is is completely separate than uh you know what we did with the the Shadow Crystal scheme. Okay. Interesting. I try, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for trying. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, can't we just get the Space Harrier guy in there or something? Oh, man. Have you played uh, Shinobi 3, 3DS? Yeah. I actually like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. That, that thing's crammed with Sega references. You got the uh, Afterburner jet and the Golden Axe. Yeah. I it's love crazy. that stuff. And I think, uh, I think Stephen Frost actually produced that, too. Yep. Yep, Stephen did that one. I, I love those those old little nuggets. You know, that's again, it was something that was really fun with, um, you know, the Sony projects because they were a little more open with the the franchises, and we crammed in a bunch of like secret little hidden things there. But um, you know, not not as much with this project. Huh. I was gonna ask. Um... Sonic Team, like the the new Sonic Team games, they like sort of try to stay away from having playable Sonic friends, and have been trying to like gear more, you know, trying to do more just Sonic only gameplay. And you guys decided to bring the friends back. How was that a hard challenge, and how did you guys handle it? Yeah, I mean, the the one thing with Sonic Boom in general is, you know, Sonic is better with with his friends, and and that's really the tagline for the, you know, for the games in general, and. And, you know, for the animated series as well, you know, he's always playing up uh, Sonic, always needs his help with his friends. And that was a common theme across, you know, all of the Sonic universe. So, you know, when we heard about that, we really wanted to make sure that it was, 
it resonated well with the game and it wasn't just a sonic game it was a sonic boom game and it was a sonic uh, universe game where you got to play as all those characters uh did you guys pick the main characters for the games like i know you guys have sticks i think and i think uh the wii u version has somebody else i think it's uh amy, amy. or something yes. yeah uh well, did you guys decide that or how did that work out yeah, I mean, we, you know, we knew Styx wasn't going to be in the Wii U version. We really liked the character and, uh, you know, her, her designs and, and her gameplay potential. Uh, and, you know, Sanzara really, uh, you know, talked to Sig about having Styx in the game. And, and, you know, it just came to be. I mean, she needed, she was a new character. We needed to have her somewhere. Um, it seems like uh, that's kind of a, a something a lot of the handheld Sonic games do is they'll always introduce this um kind of like side female character like there's been cream and there's been um who else am i thinking of marine i think and uh blaze yep it's interesting just saying (laughs) (laughs) um i was gonna ask uh how important was fan and critic feedback throughout the development process and uh did you guys make any major changes uh resulting this considering that you know you guys had a bunch of events before the launch of the game so yeah, um, that, that's a really good question. Um, you know, most most of the times when we do those events, we do E3 or, you know, all, all these other times when we're showing the game, um, you know, the team is really into user feedback. We're reading all the comments, you know, what people like, what, what people didn't like, uh, what resonated really well and what, what didn't. And there's definitely changes we take from that and, you know, go back to the drawing board or change things or, you know, there may be things that uh, we didn't think were going to be that popular or that good, and then people really resonated to it and, and really enjoyed it, like the races. You know, we had those rival races, and um, those tended to be very popular when we showed it at, at the shows. And, uh, you know, we ended up doing a couple more uh, because of that. So. It's It must be hard, though, choosing – because, like, I think this, the Sonic fan base is probably one of the largest – like split fan base considering there's so many different types of games yeah so i would say that would be uh, that would be kind of a hard thing to do trying yeah, to like appeal to everybody uh you're never going to appeal to everybody and you know it it's frustrating because you know working on a sonic game in, in general you know people some people automatically just look at it and they're like oh it's another crappy sonic game and you know just because it's a new sonic game but um you know i really hope that people uh, give the game a chance and, and, you know, play through it and really see the, uh, you know, the, the passion and the, and the work that we, we did to get this thing together. Um, and, and, you know, with the feedback and stuff on this game, in particular, the, the development cycle was quite short. So, you know, by the time we got some of the feedback, you know, it was, you know, it's already too late at that point. Um, you know, and there's, there's just nothing you can do at that point. But we do, we do listen as much as we can. Um, and I was going to ask, too, how, how did you guys collaborate with Big Red Button um, exactly? Like, at what level of collaboration? Were there any uh, gameplay elements that you uh, shared or discussed? Uh, not really. You know, like, our relationship between Sanzaro and Big Red Button has been quite uh, separate. You know, during the dev- development process, you know, they were making their game and, you know, we were making our game. Uh, but... You know, there's some common themes across the the games again. So the the universe seems very cohesive, like the you know the the inner beam, and um, you know some common uh, you know 
gameplay motions that are shared, but uh, that's about it, really. Interesting. Okay, and I mean, there I know there is a um, a connectivity uh, method. Um, I haven't tried it yet, but um, d it goes one way, right? It's the uh, the 3DS game influences the Wii U game. That's correct. Yep. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward I, to trying I, that out. I don't even know what it unlocks on their end. Like we did the the hooks for it and whatnot, but um, yeah, oh, I think cool. it unlocks a couple uh, goodies on on their side on the Wii U. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they also have uh, icy codes. <laughs> that, that kind of surprised me. Oh yeah, me. I saw. I gotta, I gotta find some of those cups. Those are pretty cool. I felt, I felt kind of uh, dumb. I was driving around and I saw a um, Sunoco, and I, I turned to my wife and I was like, "Can we stop?" And she's like, "Why? We don't need gas." I'm like, "Yeah, but they might have Sonic Boom ICs." <laughs> <laughs> I would do the same thing. Uh, well, I've, I'm actually, I'm doing a cross country drive later this month and I'm, there's a Del Taco on the way. So I'm going to try to get the Sonic Boom, uh, kids. Nice. Meal. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I also wanted to ask in uh, shattered crystal. Yeah. I mean, and this is probably a pretty obvious question, but why did you opt for a 2d side scrolling approach? Especially when, um, I know lost world was kind of a Sonic handheld game to break out of the, the 2d realm. Yeah, it's just, um, you know, we, we really wanted to go back to the roots of, of what makes Sonic Sonic and, um, you know, the, the classic 2D approach uh, just seemed to fit naturally with the with the hardware uh, that we were given for this. And, um, you know, we could uh, iterate faster and, um, you know, it was, it was just a good fit for, for the game and, and the hardware and, um, you know, again, the time that we had with it, it, it was the best option. Cool. Um, and I guess, uh, speaking of 2d games, uh, shattered crystal features a lot of elements from games like Sonic CD with the exploration, yep. uh, tales adventures with light RPG elements and the sea yep. Fox. Yep. Um, and you're saying, yep. So I guess that kind of answers my question. Would you agree that these titles served as an inspiration? And uh, what other Sonic titles did you look to as inspiration for the game? Yeah, def definitely that. You know, the Tales Game Gear game. I love that game. You know, they released it on, re-released it on the on the 3DS, which was super cool. And then mm -hmm. I, I can play that because I played that when I was younger. Um, you know, so definitely both of those titles are influential. Uh, you know, as well as uh, Sonic Colors, um, and, uh, you know, a little bit of Generations in there, so. Huh. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, we did mention the um, kind of uh, split of Sonic fans, and, um, you know, I, this isn't so much a question as it is just a comment from me, but um, I, I do think it's interesting, whenever a Sonic game comes out, no matter how different it is, even when it comes to, like, the All-Stars Racing games, people will go, uh, God, it's not the it's not the best Sonic game in in comparison to the the classics, but yeah. um, I'd argue that a, a fair amount of the spinoffs are actually very good games in their own right. You know, you look at um, uh, All Stars Racing Transform; it's a it's a brilliant racing game. Uh, yep. Tails Adventures is a one of, I think one of the best uh, light RPG kind of adventure games on the Game Gear. Yep. Um, so it's it's I guess it, you you. Uh, you take what you go in there, what you take with you, you know, whatever baggage or whatever expectations. But um, that's really cool to learn that you guys actually, especially with Tales Adventures, look to that as an inspiration because I, I, I almost feel like this game is more in line with that. Yeah, I, I love that game growing up. You know, I love playing it on the 3DS, and um, 
you know, it, it, again, you know, with a, with a character like Sonic, you know, he, he does come with a lot of baggage and, uh, you know, some people are just going to instantly look at it and be like, oh, it's another Sonic game. It's going to suck. But I really hope people give it a try because, uh, you know, we, we put a lot of hard work into it and, um, you know, there's a lot of really fun gameplay and a, a lot of good nuggets of Sonic goodness there for, for all the Sega fans, so... Yeah, I mean, I've uh, I've been playing it, uh, the review copy. I'm uh, looking to review it later this uh, week. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, I've been I've been enjoying it so far. I I haven't been approaching it as though I'm playing the next, um, you know, Sonic Three or the next um, even Sonic Generations 3DS. It's uh, it does definitely feel like it. It's more in line with those. Um, even the uh, the the Master System Sonic games. Just yeah. it's a little. A little slower, a little more in line with the exploration and the, uh, I'm not really sure how to explain it, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, I mean, that, that's the thing. It's different, you know, and that, that's really what we wanted to do. You know, we wanted to make something that stood on its own as a different game, a different experience that people could enjoy. And, uh, you know, it's not the classic super speed run Sonic. It's more of a adventure exploration game. And, um, you know, check out all the, the stuff in the houses, too. We got, a, you know, you got the Street Pass stuff with the toy machine. And um, there's a lot of really fun stuff to unlock, uh, you know, in, in the toy machine. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's content from the game. And there's even stuff that's from the animated series that's not even in the game. Um, so, you know, we really try to cram it full of stuff that, that fans and, and people will enjoy. Oh, interesting. So there are only four episodes in on the TV show, so we might even be seeing things that we haven't seen yet on the TV show. It It's possible. Huh. It's possible. I okay. I don't remember all the goodies that are in there, but I know that we, we did a couple of them from the animated show. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing those. Uh, George, you had a question? Yeah. Um, you already said that the 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 inner beam or uh, it's a you know it serves as a weapon and a tool in both games. Uh, how did he, how did the creation of the, uh, the inner beam come about and did this, uh, Knuckles Chaotix serve as an inspiration? No, the, the inner beam, um, you know, I read that in your, in the, in the notes with the, the Knuckles Chaotix thing that made me chuckle, but, um, no, the inner beam was already, already designed, you know, when we, we came on board. Um, so it was a mechanic that, uh, you know, was already going to be in the Wii U one that we we folded into the 3DS just for consistency. Okay. Um, and the other uh, thing was uh, uh, a lot of your teams. Uh, how do your teams approach like uh, having a tropical and the snow level? And did you feel? Uh, I don't even know what this question is. I, I, let me. Yeah. It, did you feel a need to reinvent or subvert expected uh, or established tropes? Because you know, I've mm-hmm. we played through so many Sonic games now that you, you you're like, oh, snow level, yeah, fire level, forest level, and and sometimes it trips you up. You're like, oh, space carnival. That's different. <laughs> so. Yeah, you know, like um, there isn't any method to the madness of how the uh, levels are picked. Um, but the biggest thing is just contrast. Meaning, you know, we really want to make sure that the the worlds and the environments that the player is traveling to really feel different and new. You know, you don't want to have two jungle levels or two foresty levels. We want to make them very contrasting and and uh, the color palettes different. It just feels like place. 
George, did you have any other questions you wanted to ask? Well, I've been playing the 3DS game, so it's kind of hard for me to ask questions. Do you have anything, That's Barry? Um, well, I ask guess uh, just okay. Well, um, I guess to keep the 3DS theme, uh, just so uh, Sega doesn't uh, knock us on the heads, um, I'll ask some non-Sega questions. Are what are your favorite 3DS games out there right now? Oh, let's see. I'm playing uh, Shantae's uh, Pirate Curse. Okay. Way forward game right now. And um, what else? Played through uh, some Mutant Muds from good old Renegade Kid. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm a big 3DS handheld game player. I mean, you know, waiting for Pokemon the end of the week. And, um, you know, I, I love the machine, so. Oh, nice. Uh, do you do you are you a big Wii U player? Or? Yeah, a little bit. Not not as much as as the 3DS, but um, you know I own one. I I own one of every every machine. Got to play them all. But yeah, you definitely not as much on on the Wii U. More more 3DS play, I think for me. And those okay. um, Sega Classic games, I can't wait for those to come out on the oh yeah shop. Yeah, Outrun and Fantasy Zone and Fantasy Zone 2. Yeah, those are great. Which which one are you looking forward to the most from those? Probably Fantasy Zone. It's a big Fantasy Zone fan growing up. And, you know, I love the Opa Opa character and, you know, all those those games. I even have the, was it the the collection, the Fantasy Zone collection that came with the CD, Ah. that stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I think that's an import title. That's pretty cool. Yeah, um, I got that one in the another one I really liked from that same collection was the uh, uh, Monsters Layer uh, Sega Ages collection was really good too. Nice. Matt, I was um, going to ask you. Uh, you've worked on a lot of like iconic characters. I've noticed your team. Uh, you guys did a uh, Secret Agent of Clank. You guys did the Slyke uh, collection, and then you did the. Yep standalone game uh, sequel and you've done a god of war collection what's yeah. a, what's another iconic character you would want to hopefully work f- with in the near future oh man um let's think i mean doing a rock man mega man game would be man, I, man i would love a mega man game yeah. can we get capcom to do that right now that'd be awesome <laughs> get him on the Get him on the phone. <laughs> yeah, I love that. But, you know, Sega also has, you know, they have so many great properties and, and old, uh, you know, classic characters and, and games to pull from. Um, you know, even old Altered Beast and, you know, some of those old Streets of Rage and stuff like that would be great to work on. I think one of the classic Sega titles that I always get, to, like, always want to hear people being brought back is a uh, streets of rage i've noticed and i'm like it's kind of a hard title to do i mean you keep it do you do, you do it 2d do you do it pixels do you i mean it's a it's a lot of work there to make people mad especially how even though i didn't think the third one was that great yeah you know that that brings up a good point though it's like you know when you take those classic uh franchises you know like a streets of rage or uh, something like that. People already have expectations. You know, they played the game when they were younger, and, and there were things about it that they enjoyed and that they liked, and the game was presented in a certain manner. And um, you know, when those games get updated and and it doesn't line up with those expectations, you know, it's it's difficult. You know, it's difficult to to 
play with that balance of you know how much you change something and how much you uh, keep from the old stuff. I mean, it must yeah. be hard. I mean, considering this is like you've been doing this, like your team has been doing this. I mean, taking like other people's franchises, like Naughty Dogs or Insomniac Games, and like making a new chapter into their already established world. I mean, yeah. it must be hard trying to like live up to a hype of a game. This. Yeah, I feel like like with Sly Cooper, you know, it was, um, you know, I'm really proud of that game and the, and the work that Sanzaro did on it. And, um, you know, we, we really, it was a balance. You know, we didn't want to ruin the fantastic stories and characters that, that were built. And um, But, you know, now I look back on it, I wish we pushed it a little more. Um, but, you know, again, it's a balancing game. It's, it's chemistry. How much of this do you change without ruining what made the franchise what it is. Huh. Um, I was going to ask, too, um, y are there any consoles that your team has not developed any games for that you would like to work on? Uh, PS4 and Xbox One. Okay. Cool. I was going to say, how about the but you never know. That could be coming soon. I, I, yeah, I noticed yeah. that you're like a big 3DS fan. This is like your guys' first 3DS game. Are you guys were you guys pretty excited working on 3DS? Oh yeah. I mean, I I love the hardware. I you know I carry it with me all over the place. I'm always playing 3DS games, and um, you know it's it's fun to work on, but it's definitely limiting because you know we we come from a larger console background, and you know then we're on the on the 3DS, so there's there's only so much you can do with that that current you know, footprint for that, for that hardware. So hmm. with, with the, with the 3ds developing, like how do you guys, do you, do you have to look at a 3ds in order to get the um, 3d aspect down? Or is there some sort of other tools that you use to uh, check that out as you're working? Uh, for the, for the 3d aspect, it's there. We use the development kit to we're actually looking on the, on the actual, you know, hardware. Uh, but okay. everything does run on, on PCs, so we're running on the PC for fast iteration, and then you know we put it over to the to the 3DS and see how it looks on there. Huh? Have you um, actually, George? Did you have a question? No, I didn't have a question. You go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, well, I was going to ask. Uh, it was a 3DS related question. I just forgot it. Um, I'll get back to you. But uh, I, are there any classic consoles that you just were? you just weren't working in game development at the time that you never got to work on that you would want to develop a game for? Ah, I don't think. You know, one of my favorite... Like, if you could pick one. My favorite console growing up was the PC Engine. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, I, I just, you know, I, I lived in, in northern New Jersey right over the GWB, and uh, my brother and I used to go to Yalhan Tony po uh, Pony Toy, and we'd buy all our import games from there. You know, I'd be getting issues of Famitsu and PC Engine fan and all that. And, and we had a PC Engine. And we had a Famicom, too, with the disc. And, um, yeah, the PC Engine was just great. I mean, playing R-Type on that thing and, and Galaga 88 was just awesome. Uh, I've noticed that you, you guys work on a lot of, like, uh, I guess, I don't know what they would consider them nowadays, like, Icon, I guess the platformers, iconic platform. I, I mean, what is mascot yeah. platformers? I guess that's what they would be considered. Uh, is that something you guys like to do, or is that just something that just happens to land on I, guys' lives? You know, I, I think it just was coincidence. You know, we're a very uh, versatile studio. Um, 
you know, we're here to work on any any type of game that, that we can get our claws into. But, uh, you know, it just so happened that, you know, those were the, the games that we were we were given, you know. But I'm happy with them. I, I love all the games that, that we've done. I'm really proud of all the work we've done. As I was going to say, is like, there, are you guys, like, big fans of uh, mascot platformers in, in the studio? Or it just happens and you guys are like, you know what, I'm not even that big of a fan of mascot platformers. <laughs> fans, and we're huge Sonic fans. You know, we got Sonic stuff all over the office and you know we we love those characters and and uh you know we're all fans here you know all, all the games we work on we really get involved with um you know i went back and played all the classic uh sonic games and you know a lot of the newer games uh you know just to really get in the mindset of of what makes the franchise uh so popular and what makes people love those characters I was going to ask about uh, concerning the 3DS. What are your thoughts on the new uh, iteration of the hardware? Have you gotten your hands on that yet? Uh, yeah, I think think we have. I think there's like two kits here. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's great. You know, finally to have the the right analog stick, the C stick on there is exciting. Uh, you know, I'm a huge Monster Hunter player, so. You know, it's nice to have a, uh, the ability to move the camera on the right stick without having the, you know, 3DS the attachment on there. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm really excited for it. You know, again, you know, I'm not only a developer, but I'm, you know, I'm a game player, a game collector, and, you know, I love that stuff. So I'm pretty excited for it. And Xeno, Xenoblades, look, that was awesome. What's your, uh, what's your collection like? <laughs> it's out of control. <laughs> yeah yeah what's your uh do you have a focus right now like sometimes i i can't focus on what i'm going to collect so i just say 2014 is the year of you know like yeah. the sega cd or something like that. i don't know you know i went through a couple phases i went through like a sega saturn phase and we tried to collect all the different hardware models and uh what else went through a game and watch phase oh man uh, what else have I? Oh, Rockman. I, I was like, I got to get every Rockman boxed. Oh, man, that's a challenge. Yeah, so that that's complete. My wife's like, thank God, when is this going to be over? <laughs> You're like, well, happily, they're not they're not making any more, so good for you. I'm not going to buy any more. You know what's a, uh, <laughs> you know a Sonic game that, that's a really, really one of my favorite Sonic games, and I would love to get the chance to work on this? is Sonic Spinball. Oh, yeah. I love that. Nice. They, I love that game growing up. I'm a huge pinball fan, and, and we ever got the chance to do that, that was awesome. It's interesting you bring that up, because I feel like Sonic Spinball was one of the first uh, Sonic games where I bought people bought it, and they were like, hold on, this isn't this isn't Sonic 3. This isn't Sonic 2. You know, it's, it's different. Yeah. And you had to kind of, like, retrain your brain to how to play a Sonic game. And there also is that question of, is it a Sonic game? Well, it has a lot of Sonic elements. Sonic's on the box. Um, but that's really cool. Yeah. That, that's a really interesting game too, just in that it, um, it actually is based on a cartoon in yep. a sense. It's a tie in with, um, well, actually both cartoon shows, adventures of Sonic, the hedgehog, uh, had an episode based around it. And, uh, yes, Saturday morning one too. That's interesting. Huh. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a great game. I just I like that it, you know, it has a little platforming where you're actually moving the character around uh, you know, but for the most part it's, you know, unlocking the the different pinball stages and 
you know, the progression to the game I really enjoyed. And, uh, you know, I played it on the iOS, you know, Sega released it on the iOS, a really good port of it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that game is, you know, ripe for like a really nice handheld remake would be awesome. Pitch it. I'd like to see that. <laughs> you, would you think that would be like a downloadable D- 3DS title? Is that like a box title? I don't know. You know, the, you know, a lot of those decisions, you know, download or, or box, you know, usually come from the publisher. But, um, you know, I think it could go either way. I actually like the option, you know, just like uh, in the current state of like the eShop where you have an option. You can, you know, go to the store and purchase the game or you could just uh, download it. Um so yeah, either way. Cool. Well, uh, George, do you have any other questions? Mm, not that I think, not, not that I can think of. Okay, cool. I, I think, uh, yeah. Well, I just want to thank you so much for coming on to talk to us, Matt. Yep. It was uh, a lot of interesting stuff about the game. I uh, I didn't exactly know how that whole process worked, like how the dominoes fell, but I think it's uh, making a lot more sense now. I guess. I'm I'm one of those who always likes to. It's hard for me to look at a franchise like Sonic Boom and say, "Oh, it's everything." Like I always want to go, "No, this came first. You know, that's kind of the backbone. And then it really is. You know, on that on that point, I would really think of Sonic Boom as as a universe. You know, you have the games, you have the animated series, it's you have the toys. It's really a big initiative. And uh, huge. I I think being a Sonic fan, I think it's a great time because you just have so many options and so many great characters and so many great stories to, uh, to, to really enjoy. Nice. And I guess, guess to end, uh, end on our uh, conversation, is there any message you want to send out there to people who are considering getting the game, people who have just picked up the game? Yeah, I, I would say definitely pick it up. You know, there's a lot of, uh, Sonic, uh, love that we have in that. And, you know, Sonzaru games, really loves the franchise um and we spent a lot of time trying to get everything uh together and and make it as polished and and good as we we can so um you know we're really happy with the end product and i just say give it a try i think you'll really enjoy it nice thank you so much matt and again congratulations on releasing the game um, again, that's Sonic Boom Shattered Crystal on the Nintendo 3DS. Matt Kramer, lead designer at Samsaro Games. Thanks so much for talking yep. to us. Man. Anytime, guys. Have a great night. You too. Thanks. You too.
And that's that's the show. That's the show.